It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, along with my co-host, Andrea Sutton. Hey, good morning. How you doing, Nathan? Good. 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 Um, Thought the air conditioner broke, but literally one minute ago it started up. Cool. Oh, good for you. Um, I know, right? <laughs> ours. No. <laughs> yep. Oh, we just we just spent a fortune getting ours uh, going, and and it's oh, much no, better. I... Life is is much much better since we got it going, and we did get it <laughs> going before the ninety degree days. But um, yeah, no fake. <laughs> but you know, it's it's always something. You know, we literally brought bought a a whole new air conditioning unit. Got it all hooked up. Okay, everything's working like it's supposed to. Except we've got like quarter uh, ton or half ton or. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> it's 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 bigger than our house. But the, oh, Nelly! But the problem is <laughs> that once we got the thing running, we've got. Uh, duct work that's bad and we don't know exactly what if it got cut out of the system somehow you know if it's if it's you know if the duct work has breaks in it or you know what the what the deal is but there's there's one room in the house that's that gets really frosty and oh geez louise um and and there are other rooms in the house uh um the office, you know, stays fairly comfortable, and uh, but in the living room, it's it's just like a toaster oven. And, oh uh, no! Anyway, so there's still more work to be done. But the bedroom, man, you can see your breath in there, <laughs> which which is great for sleeping, you know. <laughs> Bring out the comforters. <laughs> um, I, I I wanted to, to start out well first. Uh, let me just say this. Um, today is the day that uh, John Bolton's tell-all book from his uh, time at the White House um, in the uh, Trump administration comes out. The book is called In the Room Where It Happened. 
and uh, that's out today. And and I know because I went online and saw it at uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon and all the places that you know books are sold. Correct. Um, but I have not had a chance to to read it yet or dig into it. Um, but I I did want to talk a little bit about the book because he did a, a big interview Sunday uh, was it Sunday night I think on ABC yeah um, yep. I, I saw the interview and um, I, I thought immediately I reached out immediately to my go-to guy on all things White House and that's former White House staffer Mark Everson and he'll be uh, calling in during the ten o'clock hour and he worked with John Bolton. Uh, John, oh, okay. John Bolton has worked in four presidential administrations, and um, uh, Mark has worked in two of those. And so he knows John Bolton, and we're going to talk about Bolton and his book uh, coming up during the, the 10 o'clock hour, or the second hour of the show. Um, I, always, I always try and convert it to which hour of the show we're in because of the way the show repeats um, online all day anyway um but for this uh oh and then coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour i'm going to be talking with a very interesting character um he's a novelist he was born in the uh, u.s in uh, south carolina i believe lived in virginia for a while but he um got his education in europe in in uh got degrees in history and in uh, stuff from like Oxford you know he's Oxford educated and has this very thick British accent that's kind of funny for somebody you know that hails from South Carolina and um, <laughs> and he lives in Salzburg Austria oh and he writes um, political history thrillers Oh, sounds interesting, actually. Yeah, he has a new book called uh, The Poet's War. And um, I'm, I'm stalling while I try to, to remember his first name. Oh, it's uh, uh, Francis O'Neill. Doesn't that sound like an author? It does, actually. Anyway, it Francis O'Neill will be joining me during the third half of our three-hour tour to wrap things up today on the show. But uh, this first hour, the phone lines are open, as uh, is our usual practice these days. Um, let's just check and see. Yep, everything's working. <laughs> so you can uh, give us a call at 810-339-8255 and join in the conversation. You, we can talk about john bolton we can talk about here's here's what i want to talk about i got a press release uh, last week um a joint press release from the mayor and the city council president in flint um asking residents to be good neighbors and respect flint's fireworks laws okay i can see that that's legit <laughs> um Reading from the release, Mayor Sheldon Neely and City Council President Monica Galloway are teaming up to ask residents to be courteous of their neighbors and the elderly and dogs um, as they look to celebrate Independence Day. The city of Flint in general limits the use of fireworks to the day before, the day of, and the day after major holidays and bans the use of fireworks between the hours of midnight and 8 a.m. 
Now, I don't know about you, Andrea, but most of the fireworks that I see in here are after midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But based on state law, fireworks uh, also are allowed from June 29th to July 4th from 11 a.m. to 11.45 p.m. in celebration of Independence Day. Um, so you can't fire one off at 11.43? No, you can at 43. <laughs> 46. But not at 46, <laughs> apparently. Um, like I say, most of the ones, you know, but... You know, people don't start doing it till ten or eleven o'clock, and you know, if it if they set off several over a couple hours, you're going to end up in the past midnight category. That doesn't bother me so much, but uh, it's kind of interesting this year because of COVID nineteen. A lot of fireworks displays uh, have been canceled. You know, the the typical Fourth of July celebrations, um, including. Yeah, I was wondering uh, about. Yeah. Including the big one wondering, up in Bay City. Yeah, I was wondering about, like you said, you know, kind of what you're alluding to is people firing them off on their own since they know that they can't see them. Well, they say you that, know, that busy for a couple hours. sales of fireworks have skyrocketed. Oh, I see what you did there. See what I did there? Um, yeah. No pun intended. They really have, <laughs> uh, they really have exploded. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and <laughs> I, I don't know how I can get away from uh, from making puns about this, but sales are way up. You know, they're they're just through the roof. And um, I I have a feeling that a lot of neighborhoods are going to be having sort of their own Fourth of July celebrations. Uh, ABC Twelve is doing an interesting thing. Parenthetically, they are. Um, they're going to replay last year's Bay City fireworks at 10 p.m. on the 4th of July. Give them kudos, but I've never really been one to watch fireworks on TV. It just doesn't, it's not the same, but like I said, kudos, you know what? Yeah, you know? I, I, it's an interesting idea, I, and, and uh, they have always uh, televised the Bay City fireworks, but the idea, since there isn't going to be one this year, of doing a repeat in its place is yeah. kind of interesting, and, and maybe an alternative. Um, if, if you don't want to go out and, and you're still in that not wanting to, you know, get close to other people and and so on practicing social distancing and so on um and you want to stay kind of close to home for the fourth of july at at least there's uh you know some alternative yeah yeah actually i might watch it (laughs) kind of craving fireworks now that i know i can't go see them what yeah what else are you going to do you can't go out and and yeah. find fireworks. I don't know. There may be some uh, some places where fireworks are still going on, but I not that I know of. Um, right, right. I'm wondering if some of the local lakes, lake associations might have them, you know, because people out on their boats and stuff, they're going to be more than six feet apart. That might be. They might. Yeah. 
Let's see. What else is uh, going on? I've had a busy morning. Uh, it's Have you? Usually I haven't done much. You know, I, I, I get up and I prepare a little for the show. And, and then it's showtime. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did two interviews this morning. And I've had already and, I, and I've had text messages going back and forth with an interview I'm setting up for this afternoon, and uh, yeah, it it was it was crazy. I did I rarely do one as early as seven a.m., but I did this morning. Oh, did one at was seven that the and in Austria. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> trying to figure out time zones. <laughs> No, that wasn't that one. Um, actually, it was the the general counsel for PETA. And, uh, oh, okay. Interesting. I don't know when I'm going to play it because, as I, as I told them, because they always ask, you know, when is this going to air? And I, I'm not really sure because I'm right now I'm wrestling with political campaigns, and we have, uh, you know, mostly candidates coming up. Um, we yeah. are making an exception today to talk about John Bolton with uh, Mark Everson. That's coming up at uh, in the in the second hour of the show, and uh, tomorrow uh, during the first hour of the show, uh, Brendan Beery is going to talk about the recent uh, Supreme Court decisions. That'll be interesting, and then we'll have uh, Bobby Clayton Walton joining our political roundtable, Armchair Politics. And the roundtable regulars, uh, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, as usual, on Wednesdays. Um, and then Thursday, it's back to candidates again. We're going to have the, uh, <laughs> the candidates from the um, 50th State House District, the one currently Which held. One is that? The one currently held by uh, Tim Sneller. It's uh, Grand oh, Lake okay. and Southern Genesee County. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's the one. Back. That's the one that has the uh, the husband and wife that are running in, oh, free, in the okay. yeah the Freeburger um, or Freiburger. Uh, let's see, what are their names? Lynn and Ray, and uh, yeah. Ray, Ray is running in the Democratic primary, and Lynn is running in the Republican primary. Like I said, can you imagine that Thanksgiving dinner? That'd yeah. be interesting. Anyway, they're gonna they're gonna make a joint appearance on the show Thursday, and we're gonna talk with uh, Tim Sneller, and I have uh, a couple of other candidates that are invited. One that's confirmed, and one that hasn't. So we're trying to get all the candidates that are in contested races in the August primary on the show, and we're trying to do it as soon as we can because of the uh, early voting, and uh, we we don't want to wait till the last minute and find out that a lot of people had voted already before they get a chance to get to know who the people are. So uh, we're we're doing the rush on that. Friday we're going to have uh, some more judges on the show. Okay. Or candidates for judge. Yeah, one, one thing about the absentee, I always wonder if there's going to be something that would change my mind before the date of the election. Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah, last minute thinking. Um, anyway, speaking of last minute, we've got about ten seconds till we take a short break and let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in edgewise. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Then Andrea and I will be back, hopefully with your calls. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T I double R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. Hello. Uh, may I speak to the lady of the house, please? Where's the she? Uh, hello? <laughs> you thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Hurley Gate Rock. All dug up. Lying in the Chapel and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes. The king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to our audio play date known as the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Tom Sumner, <laughs> along with, <laughs> with Andrea Sutton, my co-host. You have been awake a while. <laughs> it's it's our audio play date here on the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, we'd like to enjoy. We'd like to invite you to come along and. Uh, and enjoy it with us. Uh, give us a call. I see Bobby. I see, <laughs> <laughs> I see Anita. <laughs> hey, and there's Criminy Cricket chirping no along, fake. chirping along with us, giving us uh, with a, a, a big uh, air high five. And uh, <laughs> What's what's the other one oh, that I like? Okay. Oh, oh, big jazz hands out to everybody who's listening. 810-339-8255. You want to talk about John Bolton? You want to talk about fireworks? You want to talk about uh, uh, COVID-19? You want to talk about uh, the president? Whatever you want to talk about, we'll, uh, we'll talk about. We were talking about fireworks in the last segment a little bit. Um, and... Uh, what some of the uh, restrictions are about uh, when to do them. I, generally, people just light fireworks and run, don't they? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought some last year for the first time, and I thought, wow, they're kind of expensive. Maybe I'm just too cheap, but they're kind of expensive for a little amount of time that they take off and... Yeah, just, just, stand, just stand out in the backyard you know? lighting $20 bills. <laughs> exactly. Might as well do that. <laughs> Might as well do that. See if you can get one yeah, to stay lit long enough to roast a marshmallow on. <laughs> yeah, I can't start a fire anyway to save my life, so I'll never get accused of arson. So <laughs> that's, that's for sure. That's probably a good thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Of course, uh, around here we know dinner's done when the smoke detector goes off. Pretty much. Pretty much. Eight one zero three three nine eight two five five. We'll talk about anything. We'll talk about roads. We'll talk about dams. We'll talk about uh, Hell, Michigan. I I don't care. Eight one zero three three nine eight two five five. Ooh, adding a little bit of. Heat. Adding a little bit of levity, because everything's so political right now. Uh-oh. Did you see a couple days ago, no, this is like light news, um, a couple or a family out of New Hudson, Michigan, is making picnic tables for squirrels. No. Did you see that? I didn't, no, I didn't see that. That was, what they do is they put like a little bowl of like bird seed or something, any kind of food for the squirrel on top of the picnic table, and they just sit on the seat and they eat out of the bowl or whatever's on top of the picnic table. And these these things are flying off the shelves. Um. Unbelievable! I'm like, okay. And they said they. I think according to the article, um, I don't have it with me right now, but they said. The max that they've sent out was like 200 picnic tables for squirrels. So it's like a family affair. They've, they've just decided to do this during COVID and when the kids were off of school. 
<laughs> I'm not. Make that up. I'm not down on squirrels or anything, but <laughs> I, I, I still wonder why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How Maybe much, people do have too much money, <laughs> or too much time on their hands if they're, you know, <laughs> trying to train their their neighborhood squirrels into sitting at a table. And it's so cute, though. It's so cute. (laughs) Normally, when I see squirrels, they're on the side of the road, you know, with their little feet up. But they're actually pretty cute tables. (laughs) Have you seen seen the commercials for this product now? You know, everybody's getting stuff online and having stuff shipped to home. And it's a... uh, uh, it's a cat box. Um, it it comes in the mail. You pay like twenty okay. bucks a month for this thing, and it shows up and it has kitty litter in it. And the the, the box opens up, folds, you know, open into <laughs> uh, you know a, a, a self contained uh, kitty litter box. And then at the end of the month, you you just fold it all closed and you know dump it in the trash. And you know it's it's supposed to be convenient, but um, you know it just it just month? seems I, I guess and um, and, and I'm thinking letters pretty bad after a week. You know, if you're going to have your cat crap in a box, why should you have to send away for the box? <laughs> You know I what don't I mean? understand that either. Yeah, but it's it's you know a self-contained system that's supposed to be, you know. That sounds so hoity-toity. Well, and and bio <laughs> cat de- excrement <laughs> biodegradably appropriate, I guess. <laughs> now, you guys don't have animals, do you? No, not in the oh. house. Not in the house. Yeah. We're, we got all <laughs> kinds of garden weasels. <laughs> garden weasels. Well, what is that? Groundhog? Yeah, we we've got a groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> you walk around in our lawn, it's like foam. It's it's like foam rubber, you know. It's <laughs> from all the holes and stuff. In and, uh, and and there's Where's Tom? <laughs> He's, He's caught in a hole in the yard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fell in a big sinkhole. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> and and there's uh, and and we have a rabbit that, you know, I, I I'm about, yeah. It it makes me think <laughs> of Elmer Fudd. You know, I I just keep seeing this. <laughs> you rabbit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, of course. And uh, I've got the neighbor's duck, so it's complete. Yeah, I know. It's like Looney Tunes at this place. <laughs> well, here's oh here's here's one. Um, this uh, last week on uh, Armchair Politics, we got really caught up in in conversation, and I didn't get to this uh, this this one X file. Oh, hang on. Uh, I guess that's maybe Andrea. Hey there, you. Oops. Stand by. Get Andrea back in the conversation here. There she is. 
She's back. Yes. So um, what was last week's X-File? San Francisco's iconic Golden Gate Bridge has found its voice, and it's already driving some locals nuts. The city's oh, helpline no. says the noise, variously described as a whistle, hum, howl, or even scream, is caused by high winds blowing through the newly installed railing slats along the bike path on the bridge. It's oh, not geez. it's not constant, <laughs> only when the winds are just right, as was the case uh, on one particular Friday, it could be heard for miles throughout the city by the bay and beyond. Local public radio station KQED referred to the bridge as a giant orange wheezing kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Gate Bridge has started to sing Paolo um, Kasulich Schwartz, a, spo- a spokesman for the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District, told the station, the new musical tones coming from the bridge are known and inevitable, um, are a known and inevitable phenomenon that stem from our wind um, retrofit during very high winds. He said the retrofit is necessary to ensure the safety and structural integrity of the bridge for generations to come. In other words, unless there's another retrofit, the haunting sounds are here to stay. (laughs) The bridge has eyes and ears. (laughs) Now, you know, being a musician, I know that most songs have bridges, but how many bridges have songs? Mm, I see what you did there. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of flipping the script there, or flipping the page. Yeah. Anyway, if you'd, like to, if you'd like to join the, the conversation, we'll talk about bridges, dams, roads, whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> at 810-339-8255-339-TALK. We'd love to uh, hear from you. Yeah. And, and the one we did share, now this is just weird. Um, out with Robert E. Lee and in with Odorous Arungus. <laughs> Sounds like a disease. I hate to say that. It well, might seem rude, but... A new petition is calling for a statue of late Guar frontman. His real name is David Brocky to be erected in his adopted home state of Virginia, and it notes there's an opening in Richmond where a statue of the Confederate general is scheduled for removal. Although Brocky was born in Canada, his family moved to Virginia when he was a child. He was a co-founder of Guar, a shock rock band known for its wild costumes <laughs> and violent stage show, where copious amounts of fake blood and other fluids uh, would spew into an ecstatic <laughs> audience. Brocky died of an accidental heroin overdose in 2014. Robert E. Lee is a failed war general that supported a racist cause, the petition stated. For too long, the city of Richmond has been displaying statues of him and other loser Civil War veterans. We, we the scum dogs of the universe, call on the city of Richmond to erect a statue of great local leader Odorous Urungus in its place. <laughs> At, <laughs> at the time this story was written, 15,000 people had signed the petition. Can you believe that? No. I'd be surprised to find 15,000 people who knew who Odorous Urungus was. <laughs> 
maybe a doctor. I don't know. I know. It sounds like, you know, he should have his own own theme music. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Anyway, 810-339-8255. You can tell we've run out of things to talk about when we start talking about <laughs> replacing Robert E. Lee with odorous urungus. Um, now, have you looked at John Bolton's book online? Yeah. Have you skimmed it? Um, okay. I, yeah, I've, I've read a couple of reviews of the book. I have okay. not... Um, I haven't. I didn't have time this morning. The book just came out today, and I didn't have time right. this morning to um, really see if there were any sample readings uh, available. And so I haven't really dug into it. Like I say, I saw the interview, and I've seen a, a lot of uh, pundits talking about the book, uh, but I have not had a chance to read even an excerpt of the book other than yeah. other than the things that have been leaked or or printed in uh in stories and reviews of the book yeah seems weird he could release a book but not testify <laughs> yeah there's some people are really uh really bothered by that actually it kind of rubs me wrong i mean of course that just means in my point of view, he's out for himself, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. It it would be interesting to read it, though. But um, one review I read, well, actually, pro-Trump, it was kind of like all Bolton was doing was whining. <laughs> you know. Well, we're going to find trying, out. Is, trying to look at every point of view, yeah. You know, is... is Bolton, a disgruntled employee, and who better to uh, dig into that than, you know, a former White House staffer himself, Mark Everson. And Mark said he has not read the book. There are a number of people who have been given advanced copies, uh, reviewers, and so on. Mark is not on that list, but he says he knows John Bolton, and I think it might be interesting to get his take on John Bolton himself. And then people can decide for themselves. Do they want to get out and order the book and and uh, read the book um, it's it's some of the things that he said in his interview Sunday are uh, a little bit shocking it's um, really, unu- really unusual I, f- he he said in so many words he didn't think the president was competent enough to do the job and uh, that he should be voted out in November that's very unusual even for a disgruntled former cabinet member correct yeah, yeah. Normally, they just like go off in the shadows until you know the president term is done. So that's kind of weird. It is weird. Kinda eight one zero three three nine eight two five five. What do you think? Is uh, John Bolton uh, a nut? Is he uh, a traitor? Is he a disgruntled uh, employee? Did he quit or was he fired? Um, what do you What do you think the deal is? And are you going to read the book? Eight one zero three three nine eight two five five. Um. 
let's see, I, I'm waiting for the movie to come out, which I think is going to be called All the President's Former Employees. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make that up. There's more turnovers than a bakery, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Very odd. <laughs> well, after they put the big Trump sign up on the White House, I think they're going to install officially a revolving door. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Eight one zero three three nine. Go ahead. Did you watch the rally at all, or? I, you know, I jumped in and out of it. I, you know, it's okay. The speech was ninety minutes long. And I, um, I heard bits and pieces of it. At one point, I, I turned it off and, and never returned to it. Um, after the president said that there were people that were jealous of his hair. What? He said, he said people were jealous of his hair. Oh, now he, he, we've come so far. He might have been trying to tell a joke. Because he he doesn't do well with jokes. No, actually, he doesn't. I think <laughs> I miss George Bush. Yeah, <laughs> George had a rough time with jokes too, but not not to the degree that the Donald does. Um, and and I miss that. I I like good communicators that have a good sense of humor. You know, Ronald Reagan. In fact, I, there was a show, and I missed it. I, I was going to watch it. It was on one of the cable channels. It was a documentary about the wit of Ronald Reagan. And I would love to oh, have okay. seen that show, and I probably will track it down. It's got to it, it's, it's gotta be on demand somewhere. And, um, and, and I want to see that because he had a, a tremendous wit and a tremendous sense of humor. And I missed that. John Kennedy yeah. was was quick and witty that way. Um, you know, there there are others. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton and um, Barack you Obama. You can laugh at yourself. Even even um, George H. W. Bush. You know, he. Oh, yeah. uh, remember Dana Carvey used to do that that wonderful uh, impersonation or characterization mm -hmm. of. Uh, yep the first president Bush, <laughs> and they did joint appearances and dana carvey in an interview once i saw him talking about you know meeting the president and um and the president telling him what a fan he was of the impression he did of him and asking him to, to make some joint appearances with him and do his impression. And, you know, he was just such a good sport about it. And unfortunately, I just I just don't see our current president, you know, having, you know, the, the ability to... The mirth. Yeah, or, or the ability to be self-deprecating in any way. Yeah, yep. You know, exactly. Gerald Ford, Chevy Chase used to make... Um, Gerald Ford was probably one of the most athletic people that ever occupied the Oval Office. And as a result, a helmet. <laughs> as, as a result, he took some spills. And yeah. those things were, you know, spotlighted and made fun of. And Chevy Chase, 
you know, basically launched his career falling down on Saturday Night Live pretending to be Gerald Ford. And, <laughs> and even Gerald Ford, you know, asked Chevy Chase to do joint appearances with him. You know, he, he wasn't offended mm-hmm. at all, you know, by being made to look like a klutz. And, you know, he, he was able to take it, you know, and, and have fun with it. And, and I miss yeah. that. I, I think we need more of that. 810-339-8255. What's your funniest uh, presidential moment? <laughs> and there are some. In fact, I have a videotape um, of uh, presidential bloopers. Things like Gerald oh, Ford. Oh, you do? Yeah, Gerald, Gerald Ford falling down a... a um, oh, what do they call those those steps that go up to the... the door on an airplane i can't remember the name for it's a gangway or something i think it's a gangway when it's a when it's a a, when it's the um the hallway that connects to the airport Mm. i'm not sure what that what that uh stairway that they wheel up to the plane i have the trail yeah (laughs) (laughs) everybody's a hamster for a moment but uh (laughs) Gerald Ford took a tumble down uh, one of those. And um, there's one where uh, Bob Dole was giving a speech, and um, it was during the presidential campaign, and the uh, riser that he (laughs) was standing on collapsed. Oh, geez. And he fell forward into the crowd. Um, Anyway, there, there are some some funny moments that I don't know if anybody has any that they want to share but give us a call 810-339-8255 we're uh, having I liked when George Bush ducked the shoe you can't get better than that he was pretty quick <laughs> he was he was good re- he was pretty good, quick good reflexes there W <laughs> It was. It was amazing. Who could have seen it coming? <laughs> well, apparently the president did. He did. Yeah, no fake. <laughs> Secret Service guys were hitting the deck and stuff. <laughs> anyway, eight one zero three three nine eight two five five is the number to call. We will be talking in in uh, in serious terms uh, coming up in the next hour with uh, former White House staffer. Mark Everson about uh, John Bolton, about his new book, about the uh, ripple effect of his new book, and about uh, White House staffers that write books after they quit, expire, or uh, get fired. (laughs) Which seems to be happening quite a bit. Because there have been a bunch of them. Anyway, uh, we have to take another break. We're going to take a a short break, and we'll be back uh, with uh, one more segment before uh, before we connect up with Mark Everson. You're welcome to call and join the uh, conversation. 810-339-8255 is the number to call. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions of my good friend Paul Herring. And uh, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, 
we have some messages as well. And then we'll be back with your calls at 810-339-8255. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We will return. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place 
where you never get harmed. A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, uh, <laughs> big big jazz hands to everybody uh, tuning in. Eight one zero three three nine eight two five five is the number to call if you'd like to join uh, me, Tom Sumner, along with my co-host Andrea Sutton, and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. We open up the nine o'clock hour of the Tom Sumner program, so we can do just that. And uh, love to hear from you. Um, we are going to shift gears coming up uh, right after the top of the hour and um, talk with uh, former White House staffer Mark Everson, who um, will weigh in. He knew uh, he has known John Bolton over the years, and we'll get his impression of uh, John Bolton, why he didn't. Uh, testify in the impeachment uh, proceedings in the in the house or senate well the senate didn't call any witnesses um yeah and we'll we'll find out uh what mark makes of that um some people are saying well he was holding off you know for his book deal so he could make the money off it well he, bolton says it's not about the money and i'm not sure if it is about the money but we'll get mark's take on it mark uh uh, is kind of our go-to guy on all things White House. He adds a perspective that most of us don't have, having worked in two presidential administrations himself and been a high-ranking official in uh, some government agencies. He worked in the Justice Department. He was also um, the uh, head of the IRS for a while, and he uh, was a high-ranking official in the INS responsible for border security among other things so he, he has an interesting uh, perspective always so you're going to want to join us uh, that's coming up in about oh 10 15 minutes tops and uh, we'll be talking with mark everson in the meantime we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about at 810-339-8255 he also ran for president in 2016 yeah, he yeah. did. He was he was uh, number eighteen in a in a field of seventeen. <laughs> yeah, and, poor guy. And quite frankly, he was my favorite candidate out of the whole bunch. Yeah. Then and now. actually, it was. Yep. Yep. Well, let's see. Uh, well, we're sure. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll go back to another uh, news of the uh, unusual. Um, Odd news. Yeah. yeah, an alligator that survived a bombing raid on Berlin during World War II and was rumored to have once belonged to Nazi tyrant Adolf Hitler died at the Moscow Zoo recently. He was 84. <laughs> the zoo said in an online statement that the alligator, named Saturn, was a picky eater who loved getting massaged with a brush. Saturn was given the utmost care and attention, the zoo said, when Saturn was born uh, 
in the United States in 1936. He was gifted to the Berlin Zoo almost immediately, the statement said. The Berlin Zoo was hit during several bombing raids in World War II, and in 1943 the facility was destroyed by one, killing many of the animals and releasing the others. It's unclear where Saturn was for the next three years. In 1946, Saturn was gifted by British forces in Berlin to the Soviets who delivered the gator to the Moscow Zoo. Almost immediately, the myth was born that he was allegedly in the collection of Hitler and not in the Berlin Zoo, the zoo said in its uh, news release. Um, No direct connection between Saturn and Hitler has ever been substantiated, (laughs) even if the alligator had belonged to Hitler, the zoo said. Animals are not involved in war and politics. It is absurd to to blame them for human sins. The oldest uh, alligator in captivity is another World War II survivor, Muja, gifted to the Belgrade Zoo in Serbia in 1936, according to the Guinness World Records. Muja was already an adult at the time and is believed to be in his 90s. Alligators in the wild typically live up to the age of 50. I don't know. What do you think? Does the idea of Hitler owning an alligator sound like a crock? Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. I didn't know they could last that long. I didn't either. I, I... I've never heard of that. Anyway. Old enough to be my dad. That's scary. I know, right? <laughs> 810-339-8255. We'll talk about, you know, any old crock you want to talk about. Um, <laughs> Gators. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, 810-339-8255 is the number to call and uh, love to hear from you in the in the meantime I will uh, remind people that well yesterday was uh, kind of an interesting show we had uh, all four of the candidates running in the August primary for the 48th district state house seat that's the one um, and she was included yesterday uh, the uh, incumbent in that seat is um Cheryl Kennedy, and she has uh, a challenger in the Democratic primary in August, and there are two Republicans running as well. Um, and we had all four on. And these shows that we're doing where where it's a theme, where we have a, a particular um, seat that's being sought, and we have all of the candidates on that are, you know, in contested uh, primaries, um, we're going to repeat a week of those shows um, in July. And it'll be all candidates all week, and it'll be a chance to review and do your homework before the August uh, primary. And we have one of those shows coming up Thursday this week where we um, look at the 50th district state house seat held by Tim Sneller. And there are five candidates in the two primaries, the Republican and Democratic primary, in August, and we'll hear from all of them. Well, four out of the five are confirmed, so that's coming up Thursday. Plus, we have some more candidates for judge that we'll be talking to this week and uh, in the weeks to come. But we're going to put together, we've got uh, 
a POTUS. You're putting the pedal to the metal here. Well, we've interviewed a POTUS candidate and uh, two Republicans running to uh, take on Dan Kildee in the fall for Congress. Um, I've I've invited candidates for U.S. Senate, um, John James and uh, Bob Carr, who are facing off in the Republican primary to take on. Uh, oh boy. Um, Gary Peters. I don't. I don't know why I got tongue-tied there for a minute. Um, but uh, we've uh, been looking at the state house uh, races in the 34th, and then yesterday the 48th, and then coming up uh, Thursday the 50th, and uh, we'll look at some other uh, Genesee County races too. There are uh, a lot of races where there. The candidates are running unopposed, and I don't know if that's COVID-related or just, uh, you know, people just don't want to take on incumbents, but there are some open seats, and, and there are some challenges that are kind of interesting, and we'll, we'll try and get those all in for you so you can do your homework before you have to fill out your ballot or go to the polls. People are not running for county commissioner. There are a lot of... Yeah, I think um, there are only seat. contests in about Incumbent. three of the nine seats. Yeah. The rest are, are running uh, unopposed. Or or at least uh, there's no um, primary challenge. There might be, uh, you know, a Republican and a Democrat running. So there's mm-hmm. no contest in the primary, but they'll be facing off this fall. Um, and, and, you know, we'll revisit it when when we see what the field is like in the fall and and we'll have uh, those candidates uh the ones that have already been on we'll have them back and the ones that we haven't had on we'll we'll get them on anyway we're about to wrap up this first hour and uh no calls today yeah <laughs> a little quiet. It was nice hearing from Bob from Grand Blanc yesterday. That was fun. Oh, yeah. 810-339-8255 is the number. Put that in your speed dial and be ready to join us uh, in the first hour of the show each day. A chance to, um, you know, talk with other human beings instead of just, you know, posting on Facebook. <laughs> or Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, join us for our audio play date. We'll be back for another audio. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have another audio play date tomorrow at nine, and Andrea will be back with us then. Um, We're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to Andrea for now as I uh, get ready to take a call from Mark Everson coming up this uh, this next hour. Should be interesting. I hope you'll stay with us for that. Uh, But uh, but Andrea, thanks. It's always uh, always fun to kick off the show with you. Hello? Tell him I said hey. I will do that. I will do that. And I'm sure Sounds he good. will I'm sure he will say it back as well. Okay. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. All righty. And with that we'll uh, close up this hour and move into the second hour of our three-hour tour which features former White House staffer Mark Everson. We're going to talk about John Bolton. We'll probably talk about some other things I'm sure 
but it's always uh, fascinating when we get his uh, perspective having worked in a couple presidential administrations. You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here! It's 